Respectfully. 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 A melanated therapist. Welcome in and welcome home, family. I'm Dimitri. And I'm Rade, and this is Respectfully a Melanated Therapist podcast. Just a quick disclaimer, this is not therapy. We are just two people who are doing a podcast who happen to be therapists. The information in our podcast is for psychoeducation and entertainment purposes only. If you are in need of therapeutic resources, please feel free to contact us and we'll point you in the right direction. All right, fam. So in a previous episode, we discussed what healing means to us. And today we're going to talk about trauma bonding and some ways to heal in romantic relationships. So when we talk about trauma bonding, what, what is it and why don't we want it? So by definition, trauma bonding is a deep emotional attachment that develops in a relationship characterized by abuse that's emotional, physical, or both. So within trauma bonding, there are seven stages. So the first stage is love bombing, and that's when a person showers you with excessive love, flattery, and appreciation in order to gain your affection. Next, we have trust and dependency, and that's where people do everything to win your trust and make you depend on them heavily for love and affection. Number three is criticism. The person gradually starts criticizing you and blaming you for things and becoming more demanding. The fourth stage is manipulation or gaslighting. And basically, when things go wrong, they tell you that it's your fault and they make you doubt your own perceptions and manipulate you into believing their narrative. The fifth one is giving up control. You no longer know what to believe, but your only way of experiencing the good feelings of stage one is by giving in and doing things their way. Number six is losing yourself. When you fight back, things get worse. You settle for anything um, to have some peace and make the fight stop. And ultimately, you lose most or all of your self-confidence. And then lastly, we have addiction to the cycle. And basically in this stage, you get addicted to the highs and lows of the relationship. Your body is on a constant high due to stress. And then it craves pleasure, which creates a cycle of dependency that feels a lot of like a drug addiction. So taking all that information into consideration, friend, have you ever trauma bonded? And if so, how did you remove yourself from that relationship or situation? Um, so the answer to this is yes, I've trauma bonded once before. Um, and it was based in like some emotional abuse to an extent. I think we ended up being addicted to the cycle of the constant like toxic arguing. Mm-hmm. So this roller coaster of like high highs and low lows within mm-hmm. the relationship. Um and the way we removed ourselves from this situation is honestly, I think there was a lot of tries and attempts at breaking up until mm-hmm. we finally did. Gotcha. You know? Mm-hmm. And I honestly I think that's pretty normal now I'm saying that out loud, you know, like when you are trauma bonded with someone, there's constant back and forth between should we be together or should we not? Mm-hmm. Um, when it's recognized and we definitely both recognize it and wanted something different because we deserve something different, but mm-hmm. you know, didn't really act on it, you know, in that moment. Gotcha. What about you? Um, so yes. <laughs> um, and the ones that kind of you know, ring for me as far as the seven stages was um, gaslighting, um, 
when things went wrong, you know, by the end of the conversation, I feel like I've done something wrong when I know that my feelings and my experience are completely valid. But then it, you know, graduated to the losing yourself part when, you know, you try, okay, I'm gonna stand up for myself, I'm gonna advocate for myself. And then that just makes things worse. And then ultimately retreating into myself or going inward or shutting down because I just wanted some peace and I didn't want to argue. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I can totally see that whole addition to the cycle thing because ultimately when it was good, it was good. Like it was right. wonderful, but honey, when it turned left, the everything went left. So the mm-hmm. goods were really good, and then the bad was really bad. Um, so how did I end up removing myself from that situation? I think um, the way your situation happened is kind of aligns with mine. But for the most part, I think mm-hmm. we were both kind of just emotionally exhausted. Tired of having the mm-hmm. same conversations over again. Um, it was a little challenging because regardless of all of this information that you know, it still doesn't stop your heart from feeling what it feels. Right. So at the same time, okay, we need to not be together and we need to move forward in separate and going down separate paths. But part of my friend, but bitch, I still love you. Mm -hmm. so you know so what does that look like like you know so you know and then i think you know it's i'm pretty sure it's up in there with the trauma bonding but it doesn't it's not clearly saying it but ultimately i feel like you know there's a part of us that you know wants to stay in those situations because there is some some sort of love that we feel there but at that time we're pinning it against what we actually need and what's healthy and we sometimes mm-hmm. end up choosing that unhealthy path just to be in love a little longer, just to have that person laying in the bed next to you a little longer, et cetera, et cetera. So I know that, you know, that fear of being alone kind of comes into play and or abandonment comes into play um, in certain situations. And, you know, for me, that came up, um, you know, with the whole abandonment thing. Um, so I know that I stayed in that relationship a lot longer than I should have. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it is what it is. I'm human. But, you know, on the outside of that, now I can see, okay, Demetri, you you should have left that a long time ago. Um, And not that the person is a bad person, but, you know, sometimes you just don't fit. And I think that's the biggest part. Now, you have some some situations where, okay, like you done did some messed up stuff. But at the same time, you know, it's not like we're just in relationships with bad people is just sometimes, right. you know, there are lessons to be learned. Um, and then, like I said, they're not bad people, but, you know, everyone comes to the table with their own challenges on the individual yep, level. Their so, own baggage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah, I'm sorry. You know, I, I, that was a very long answer. <laughs> no, no. Because, I, well, first of all, thank you for sharing because I, I can 100% agree with you with regard to like saying, you know, longer than we should and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, and, you know, I think trauma bonding is what it's called, not only because of the toxic relationship cycle that can be built within the relationship, mm-hmm. but trauma bonding comes from a, a history of this recognized like mm-hmm. pattern, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's about comfort. Mm-hmm. trauma bonding is about comfort right mm-hmm. so if with me and that person at the time um it was about i was now able to 
be in a relationship with somebody that quote unquote needed me to be able to give direction and all of Mm -hmm. this stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. We would call it somebody to quote unquote fix, even though that was not my intention, but yes, (laughs) but and his, right, he was able to get somebody to, you know, be a part of his life to nurture him and all of these things. But then it became, like, advantageous to him, mm-hmm. right? So, and then it just became more controlling on both ends and passive on both ends, right? Mm-hmm. So, I think that we were looking for, at that time, we were looking for people that would fit into what we knew instead of what we needed. Exactly. So, Girl, let me find out we yeah. not had the same partner. Let's play. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, so, I mean, with this being said, <laughs> with this being said, though, like, I think it's important that we, you know, recognize that trauma bonding, yes, is based off of like past experience, mm-hmm. history, all of that mm-hmm. stuff. But I think we also stay in those relationships based on history with that person. And I feel like this is an important time to say, like, History is not always enough. Love is not mm-hmm. always enough. Kind Amen. Of thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we've said this before, but it's like one of those moments of it just can't be enough all the time, especially right. when you're in situations like that. Mm-hmm. So because all the history is doing is telling you, don't worry about these negative feelings that you have about what's going on because mm-hmm. you guys have so much of past together that you know each other. So you have to stay. Right. That's, no, it's not enough. Right. So. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Before I guess you move now. On, oh, go ahead. Yes. Yeah. Um, you made a really good point um, and used the word um, that, that resonated with me. You said, you know, trauma bonding is all about comfort. And then, you know, mm-hmm. a step further, like false comfort. You know what I mean? And oh, I think fake, that's. A, yes. Book. Yes. <laughs> and I think that's so important that, you know, we say that again because at the end of the day, you know, we know where it comes from because we got trauma. But what mm-hmm. is that trauma bonding all about? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the foundation of it. So, okay, I'm looking for false comfort. I mean, at the time, I think it's actual comfort. But now mm-hmm. that I'm on the outside of it, you know, now I see, okay, that was false comfort that I was seeking. Because ultimately, when you stack everything up together, I wasn't getting what I needed. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you one thing. In, in a lot of cases, um, not all, but in a lot of cases, typically... If you're not getting what you need, then ultimately you may or may not be giving that other person what they need. What they need, right. Because ultimately, like we said earlier, ultimately you just don't, sometimes you just don't fit. And we force mm-hmm. round uh, shapes into square holes trying to make them work mm-hmm. when, you know, our experience, our feelings and how we are in the relationship is, it should be one of our you know, primary focuses so that we can make sure that one, we're actually getting what we need, but we're not walking into a situation looking for something that we should be giving to ourselves. Right. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And I honestly, I think that leads into the next part before we go there. I do want to say, I, at one point, I did think that me and my current partner did experience trauma bonding in the beginning of our relationship years mm-hmm. ago. And I think then we did, but we definitely learned to move out of that. But Mm -hmm. it also took a lot of breaking up and an extended breakup. Mm. So, right, like for us to both like get our life for Mm -hmm. real. But it it was less of like abusive and more of just toxic arguing. Mm -hmm. It was that cycle that we were on for a minute. Control. Yeah. (laughs) 
Because <laughs> I know right. I, I know you and your partner and y'all have strong personalities. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm pretty Which sure is, uh, that passiveness is a is a uh I wouldn't say a challenge, but it's a thing in y'all house because y'all oh so strong. My God. Y'all I have mean, such strong personalities. <laughs> But now we've honestly gotten so much better. Like, <laughs> and I think, you know, now we just really highlight each other's moments to be like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm I'm going to leave this situation. Like, I can appreciate those moments at this point. In the yeah. past, who knows who Rade was, okay? Listen. <laughs> All right. Because we'll get to fighting. But, I mean, verbally, y'all. Verbally. <laughs> verbally. No, yes. Verbally. Yeah, no, I'm not about to Arguing like, is the proper yeah. term, but I'm just saying, you know, we'll we'll get the... Uh, we'll go there. Yeah, we'll get the... Um, tossing to. some shit up, but um, <laughs> but we learning and growing. We in a different space now. And my, yeah, fr- and my friend is getting married, so... <laughs> <laughs> I can't speak on that, bitch. I'm, I'm over here in the single category. Child, that's a whole nother episode for another day, y'all, because I hear in these... Uh, oh, my they, God. These single streets is a hot-ass mess, but... Listen, I, <laughs> I've heard, okay? I've heard. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I'm not out there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. So, <laughs> the, <laughs> Jesus. All right. I'm going to make it through this episode, y'all, without fucking like laughing the entire time. All right. <laughs> so, next uh portion of this is that's important to move into is is how to avoid trauma bonding while healing instead right and the important mm-hmm. piece of this is acknowledging boundaries and negative things about the relationship to curate interdependence so ultimately when when we're thinking about trauma bonding it is a codependent relationship that is what it is plain and simple yeah and so when we are looking at moving through a trauma-bonded relationship into a healing process, you're looking for individualizing things for yourself, understanding what you need, just like Demetri mentioned earlier, and understanding and respecting what the other person needs as well. Right. And that is how we avoid trauma bonding. It's respecting the other person's boundaries, respecting your own, and just your values, all of those things that make you you. So understanding yourself and then later being able to understand the other person and what they also bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what is the first thing you think of when you think of healing within a relationship and have you been able to do this before? Mm. So the first thing that comes to my mind when I think about healing within a romantic relationship, the first word that pops up for me is acceptance. And when I say acceptance, I mean accepting the relationship for what it is at that time, accepting it for what it is now. And when I say now, meaning like with that transition out of it. And I think without accepting it for what it was and not what I expected it or wanted it to be, I think that puts me in a good position to then be vulnerable within myself to not only look at what happened in a relationship, but to look at what role my trauma or my past experiences played in us not fitting. And not saying that I'm blaming myself, but understanding that who I am and the work that I need to do is not compatible with the person like this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because at the end of the day, 
you you need someone who's supportive. You need someone who actually understands, you know, what trauma, if you have a tra- traumatic past, someone who actually understands what trauma is, someone who understands what it looks like, how it presents mm-hmm. itself out into the outside world, not just in the relationship, but just for me as a person. Um, and then, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I think from there, we lead into, okay, I've accepted it. Now I'm being vulnerable with, vulnerable with myself to truly understand, you know, what my role was in the relationship, what my partner wa- role was in the relationship, the breakdowns. And then from there, forgiveness, forgiving mm-hmm. that person for their missteps and also forgiving yourself for those missteps. And I think once you walk through those those few steps, then I feel like that's where you get to the healing part. And then what the healing part for you outside of what I just said is how do you manage your emotional experience until you reach the top of that mountain that we call healing because healing is a process mm-hmm. and healing is gradual. So, mm-hmm. you know, for some people that may be, okay, I may not, you know, go out to happy hour as much because I need a little more time for myself. I'm going to go to the beach instead, or I'm going to, you know, take a swim or go for a walk or meditate a little more than I did before, or do more yoga, go to the gym, like things like that. I feel like that is what supports the healing, but there's a lot of self-reflection required before you even get to that space. If that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Cause I felt like I was a little over the place. (laughs) No, no, that definitely makes sense. Okay. You know, you said something earlier that literally I was going to say earlier, I completely forgot, which was pretty much about not looking at the person's potential and looking at what is happening right now mm-hmm. in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, we definitely talked about this in a previous episode because I remember I was like talking about how I would look at other people's potential, right? Rather mm-hmm. than like who they were in the relationship. I was falling in love with who they could be versus what were they showing Girl, me right you, now. You preached it to the choir. Right. And <laughs> honestly, I think that is definitely a therapist issue. Like we need to get our life with that, but uh, okay. <laughs> but um, because ultimately, if if you want to think about it, that's low key our job, right? It's mm-hmm. to look at how, what resources do people have? And if they utilize them, what kind of person would they show up to be? Mm-hmm. Or do they look more mm-hmm. like who they want to be? Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're trying to help you to do is reach your ultimate purposeful self. Absolutely. But I, I don't even know what that means, but yes, that. But I'm glad <laughs> you actually brought that up because that is a good point. And one thing that, you know, a therapist um, once said to me because I was, you know, processing a breakup, trying to, you know, make sure I'm going about it the right way because I don't want to allow, you know, any issues with abandonment, codependency or anything like that to, you know, mm-hmm. I want them resolved before I walk into the next situation. Um, yeah. But, you know, I was told, okay, so what qualities or characteristics do you look for in a partner? I'm like, okay, that's right. easy. Sure. Wrote it down. And then the therapist was like, okay, now what are your non-negotiables? I mm-hmm. was like, oh, I was like, okay, so let me go back through the same mm-hmm. list and let me, you know, start by my non-negotiables. And then from there, then uh, the therapist was like, now go back to that previous re- the relationship that you just got out of 
Mm-hmm. And I want you to list how many, you know, check off how many qualities your partner had in general. And then how many of those non-negotiables did your partner meet or not meet? And should you have even entered into that relationship based on right. what it is that you're looking for in the partner? And I was like, okay, charge my credit card. And... um <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna go ahead and do this work, but it's a really mm-hmm. good tool. And I actually, you know, give that to my clients sometimes. Like, okay, well, what are you really looking for in a partner? Because sometimes yep. we walk into relationships and we don't even know what we want, and mm-hmm. then look at this person sideways because they're not doing a particular thing. They're not doing mm-hmm. when we haven't even communicated that a to them in the you know at the beginning of the relationship, or we just mm-hmm. walk, we don't even know if we really want it or not. We just looking, we may be looking at other people's situations or going through you know, these ideals of what we saw our parents or our grandparents' relationships to be when ultimately we don't know what type of relationship they had other than what they yeah. showed us. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And a lot of times we, that's nothing. We, we have seen nothing. <laughs> right. Exactly. Even if <laughs> we saw an argument or two, nothing. a frequent argument, right. that's still probably nothing compared to mm. what's at the core of what's going on there. So, right. um, I think it's a really good exercise for people to to do. And I also recommend doing it like every, you know, six to 12 months, because at the end of the day, we're constantly mm-hmm. evolving and growing. So mm-hmm. what I felt like I wanted in a partner way back, you know, eight, nine months ago may not even be what I look for in a partner, because that could have been something that I should have, I could have, I most likely should have been given to myself and then not even being mm-hmm. something that I'm looking for in a partner. With somebody else. Right. Right. Uh, okay. So. When I first think about healing within a relationship and have I been able to do this before? Yes. Like I literally everything that we're talking about, this is what I think of. I think of if I'm going to heal in this relationship, am I accepting that person for who they are? Mm-hmm. Do Are they even aware of my trauma history and am I aware of theirs? Mm-hmm. Because if the answer to those things are no, then I'm not going to try to heal within that relationship. That's Mm -hmm. a very unsafe space to Mm -hmm. be in. I'm definitely trying to look at, does this person actually know me or do, or have they been literally abusing me and being advantageous of my trauma history Mm -hmm. to use against me? Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking for things like that. That's what I think of. Like, is it even safe for me to heal here? Right. Um, And to be honest with you, when and being able to do this, I have been able to, um, and I think me and my partner have been able to heal mm-hmm. um, within our relationship because of understanding each other's trauma history, understanding each other's backgrounds, and being able to not uh, trigger those things mm-hmm. after really understanding what those triggers are doing exactly. to us and to the relationship. Um. Because truth of the matter is, it's like, you know, I'm not that person from his past. He's not that person from my past mm-hmm. that had that inflicted the trauma, right? And it's important to rework that my, that frame, especially because trauma can keep you stuck mm-hmm. and it can keep you in a space of, well, I can't trust anyone, right? Or everyone does the same thing or all of mm-hmm. the, these negative beliefs and, and cognitive patterns and being able to heal in a relationship starts to remove those from being so negative, right? It's kind of that yes and process of like, yes, there are some people that can do this and there are people that do not, right? Because now you have like proof of that healing happening. Yes. Um, Love that. You know, 
there was in the whole thing about looking at what do you want, you know, in a partner, what are your non-negotiables? Definitely something I give to clients all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Like look at your values, mm-hmm. right? Look at your list of things that you want. Do those look aligned? And then non-negotiables, right? Mm-hmm. All of those things. Mm-hmm. And especially because the, the, and you hit the nail on the head with this because the reason this list is so important is because you determine, am I asking for things that I should be giving to myself mm-hmm. or are these things that I know is necessary for another person, you know, to provide for me within our relationship mm-hmm. in, a, in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. And another thing I tack on to this exercise for my clients is writing out, now, what do you bring to the table? Amen. Because... Yes, it's fine and great to know what you want from your other person, mm-hmm. right? But without acknowledging what you also bring to the table, this could lead to a very codependent cycle if you only recognizing what they need to be doing versus what you also need to be making sure you're keeping, you're being intentional about throughout the relationship. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah, I went through the... um I forgot. I don't know if it was a friend, family member, or a therapist who told me this, but basically... Um, I've always kind of operated for a very long time. I think this was actually pre-graduate program. Um, it was that okay. you shouldn't be asking someone for something that you're not already providing or bring or bring it to the table. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So if you want, you know, ultimately more affection, how are you gonna ask me for more affection when you barely touch me? Yep. Or how can you ask me to be considerate when you don't pass by? You know six um, restaurants and, and got you something to eat and didn't call and ask me if I wanted something. Ooh. I'm just mm-hmm. saying. I'm just saying. It's stuff it. like that. You know what I'm saying? So No, but it's true. Yeah. Like, you can't ask for something that you're not already or willing to provide yourself. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. true. You made some good points. I, I completely agree with you. Okay, well, I guess we'll transition to our next uh, segment of the show, which is Therapist Hats Off. Um, Rade, do you have our first question? Yes. So first question from a listener is, I'm noticing that I have childhood trauma and it's messing up my current relationship. My boyfriend is supportive, but I'm thinking about breaking up with him to work on my past trauma. What should I do? Ooh, child. Um, that's a tall order because I feel like it, there's two paths or two routes you can mm-hmm. take in a situation like this. So the first route is to do exactly what you said because I feel like there's never a wrong time to focus on yourself and your healing. And if that looks like mm-hmm. doing that independently or within a relationship, that's completely up to you. Now, if you decide to do it in the current in your current relationship, then you know first, have you told your partner about the trauma? And if you have told your partner about the trauma, are they already supportive? And then, you know, letting them know, okay, this is what I'm I'm going to do because I want to start working on this and I want to heal this. And what does that support look like from your partner? Is your partner willing to provide that support? And in your case, it looks like you say he's already supportive. So I'm assuming that he's aware of the trauma. So my question, so in the way that I think, and this is, opinion-based, of course, and experience-based. But if I have someone, if I have a good relationship, right? Good, uh, a, a relationship that I feel is positive, healthy, but I feel like my past or my trauma is showing up in the relationship, I feel like, you know, ultimately, 
I don't want to lose that relationship, which is why it's so prominent right now, or it's right in the forefront of my mind to actually start working on it a little more, then I don't see me having to step away from it as a prerequisite or a requirement in order for me to work on that while I'm in that supportive relationship. Because one thing I can tell you when you're dealing with trauma, you need all the support that you can get because you want to see your mm-hmm. therapist you know, one time a week or, you know, some people go twice, you know, some people go bi-weekly. So you're not talking to your therapist every day. So you need to lean on a good, reliable support system. But at the same time, I feel like another big component of this is talking this through with your partner to see what that looks like. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to just assume that your partner wants to go alone for that ride. Because, Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, they may not say that they don't know if they can do that, out of the love for you and they don't want to hurt your feelings when ultimately they just may not be equipped to walk through such a journey with someone. So you want to make sure that you give them that choice to decide if that's something that they want to do, if that's the route that you're deciding. But like I said before, I don't see anything wrong with with, um, working on your trauma and your healing independent of a relationship or feeling like you want to put that on pause while you work on yourself. I just think that, you know, you just want to look at, you know, what's the overall outcome that you're looking for. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. What about you? You know, I completely, completely, completely agree with you. Everything you said. So retweet. Uh Um, (laughs) um, (laughs) Other side of this, you know, I think first question that comes up for me with this question, with, reading this question is um do you understand what goes into the healing process of trauma and the reason that comes up is because i don't think many people understand that when you start to get into the very intricate and intense pieces of trauma um there's a a moment of dysregulation mm-hmm. and where you are triggered by everything yeah. okay the way you breathe in, so, the way you're chewing. No, literally <laughs> everything. <laughs> and <laughs> making sure that your partner is aware that that may happen. Exactly. Um, the other side of this is, you know, second question I would ask is, are you asking this question because you are running and you believe you're going to ruin the relationship based, to, based on your trauma? Mm-hmm. Like, are you just running from it? Come on, friend. Um, <laughs> and asking this question, no, seriously, because I mean, this has been me, you know, like, mm-hmm. gotta duck, gotta get out. <laughs> Don't know about this one. He's a bit too healthy. Right. Right. Like, no. right, right. <laughs> like, Real talk. because it can be intimidating. Mm-hmm. And um, however, that it, it was quite the opposite. It was a healthy support that was very strong and it was necessary. Mm-hmm. Right. So this could be a great reason to heal while in this relationship. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you know, that person is going to show up for you. Right. Uh, so yes, retweet to everything Demetri can say, but I also would say, think about those questions because they will also give you an answer to, um, can your partner, does your partner feel okay with being present for you during this time? Mm-hmm. And the other thing is asking, are you only asking if you should leave the relationship because you're running from it? Because if that's the case, then stay where you are. Right. You already know if the answer. If you have someone supportive, <laughs> right. Like you, if your person is supportive, you know, allow them to be. Don't mm-hmm. push that away because as, especially as someone that has pushed away support before, it's not even necessary. Right. 
it's it's fear. Right. And then ultimately you end up hurting other people's feelings because then they they personalize mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, well, you done left me because you felt like I wasn't supportive enough or I couldn't help yeah. or I couldn't be there for you. And, you know, ultimately it doesn't, it, you know, it doesn't have much to do with them. But, you know, we always want to be mindful of how our actions impact others, impact even others. when we know we need to be putting our healing process first. But it doesn't mean that we negate the feelings of those around us in order to get that done. Because if you do that or you cut off all of these connections or the supports that you have, when you when you finally get to the healing place and you're back at, you know, where you want to be, then you're going to look around and be like, wow, look at all of these damaged relationships I left in the trail Mm -hmm. to my healing. So now. Guess what? Now we jeopardizing our healing because now we allowing feelings of guilt and shame and disappointment come in within ourselves because of what we've done to those supportive relationships along the way <clears throat> because we weren't keeping our eye on those while we were also keeping our eye on our uh, independent self. healing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And last thing I want to say, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh uh, no, I was just gonna say, you know, latching on to something you said, I'm glad you brought it up, is that, you know, ultimately when you have um when you're dealing with a partner who has trauma, um, and let's say you may not have a trauma past and you're trying to be supportive, is to understand that healing trauma, the process of that is not black and white. It's not concrete. It's very complex. So I said all of that to say, have patience with your partner who's mm-hmm. processing and healing from trauma because it may not be as simple as you think. You know, when we have our, you know, big, you know, shout out to our concrete thinkers because, you know, it's a lot of a lot of y'all out there um, and we love y'all. But at the same time, it's not even when a person may notice a inappropriate behavior or, you know, themselves acting a certain way emotionally and, you know, you process it and you figure out like, oh, okay, well, this is because of this. It doesn't mean that they are equipped or able to actually make that change in behavior just yet. Because you have to look at how long have, you know, how long has it been since the trauma happened? Have they actually been working on it? And, you know, how long have they been working on it? Because if it's been years and years and years, like 10 plus years that they've kind of been dealing with this and haven't gotten to that healing place, then it's not, they're not going to be able to change that type of behavior or that thought process in two or three days. Nope. It's going to take time. Not even two or three weeks. Correct. Nope. Correct. Right. So that, that was my last little snippet. Thing. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, you actually said a part of what I was going to say here. And so, I mean, the biggest, what I'm looking at now with this question is like, it's messing up my current relationship. If your childhood trauma is messing up your current relationship, you know this at this point. Right. When you are where you can't not be. So be intentional about your healing and how you decide to address the way your trauma is seeping into your relationship when your mm-hmm. partner is also being supportive. Mm-hmm. Okay. So maybe this is a good time for you to also identify, you know, what does actual support look like for you as an individual rather mm-hmm. than just taking whatever they're giving you? Because the other side of this is you may not notice this, but they also may be triggering you unknowingly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, these can be some important pieces here. Yes. Oh, and I'm so glad you said that. Okay, and then we're gonna be done, uh, friend, because I feel like this this topic here is just so many different branches to it. So many different things. Yeah. So basically, you want to be mindful of the fact that if you have trauma, 
that you have not healed, processed or healed or are actively working on. Just keep this in the back of your head that ultimately, based on how that trauma shows up in your life, you can actually be traumatizing your partner mm-hmm. and not even know it. So that was just another little nugget just to to take into consideration because, like I said, we always want to be mindful of what we're doing, um, whether whether it's in the healing process or not, that has an impact on those that we care about and we love because you never know based on what you're doing in the relationship, you could actually be traumatizing your your partner and then ultimately putting them in the same place that you're in. Mm -hmm. And listen. Take what Demetri just said, not to start feeling guilty in order for you to leave or reason to leave. Oh, no. Yeah, that's take two different things. Take what he said <laughs> and acknowledge and take accountability for your behavior yes. based on your trauma. Yes. Trauma does not excuse bad behavior. Hello. Hello. All right. There's but that. we get it. We get it, though. We get it. <laughs> right. All right. So All next right, question <laughs> is, at what point do I start to work on myself when I have to also work on issues within my marriage? Um, I think it just depends on the kind of issues you have going on is, is the biggest thing. But, right. Um, loaded question. Yes, it is. But I, I feel like a lot of it we on hit them. on. With, with the yeah, last response. Right, but with yeah. the last one. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, I do feel like you can work on things concurrently. I don't feel like it has to be one thing exactly over another. Um now mm-hmm. if there's abuse you're facing, then you first. Exactly. Um if these are normal marital conflicts, then you know, I think go to therapy. Mm-hmm. Go to individual therapy while you're also in couples therapy. It's mm-hmm. highly recommended. Absolutely. Ten out of ten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because <laughs> you know we we really want you to be working on yourself exactly. as well as working on the relationship. There is no way to not. I, I just think in order to have a healthy relationship, you have to constantly be working on yourself in the relationship. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can exist in a healthy relationship without doing that concurrently. Exactly. I just don't think that's the thing. And so as when you stop doing one or the other, your relationship will start to plummet. Yeah. Yeah. Hate to say it that way, but it's what it is. Yeah. So it's not a matter of do I work on my marriage first or me first? You work on both of them. And I mm-hmm. know that sounds hard, right? But that's also when you tell your person Hey, I need a moment to like not focus on this right now. Mm-hmm. I need to look at this area of my mm-hmm. life right now. Mm-hmm. I've had to do it before on multiple occasions. Mm-hmm. Right? It is just I I can't give to this at this moment. Like I have to focus on whatever is going on and being clear about that and explaining to them this is not about, you know, us in our in our relationship or our marriage. It's about I need a moment to figure this out for me and, you know, your partner respecting that mm-hmm. and acknowledging that your issues are not being abandoned between the marriage. They're going to be worked on, mm-hmm. but this has to come first. Right. So, right. yeah. I completely yeah. agree with that, Rade. Everything you said, like you said, retweet. But um, <laughs> I think, you know, I actually just had a couple that I started working with not too long ago and coming into the situation, of course, we're working on, you know, the issues that are present in a relationship so that we can get them back to a healthier space of communication, mm-hmm. emotional processing, mm-hmm. all that good stuff. But ultimately, I realized that, you know, one of the partners 
has some mental health that they need to sort out on the individual level. And what mm-hmm. I mean by that is like ultimately there's so there was so much there were so many clouds in the relationship and when I say clouds I mean a lot of challenges and issues but the biggest one before we could even see all of the other stuff underlying was that one partner's unmanaged mental health and emotional mm-hmm. regulation or emotional dysregulation for that matter so you know, going in, you know, in that set, in the first couple of sessions, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, you know, well, the first session they came in and I'm like, ooh, I need to provide a little individualized attention over here on this mental health part mm-hmm. because I need, you know, this partner to understand that, you know, this is really impacting you. Now, I'm not saying that there mm-hmm. are no underlying issues there as far as y'all communication, how y'all relate to each other, all of those things, but you have to realize that if you're not in a, um, you can't see my air quotes, a stable state of mind or level of functioning, then you're not mm-hmm. going to be able to properly show up into the relationship to even work on these things. Like you have to right. remove right. that individual barrier before you can even look at that, that couple situation or it look yeah. at the marriage issues. And then you'll find like, you know, like Roddy said, 10 out of 10 individual and couples therapy that you'll be working out a lot of individual issues in individual therapy. And then you'll get to the session and something that probably quote unquote bothered you before the session probably is not even an issue for you anymore because you resolved that internal conflict regarding right. that thing that's showing up in your relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And, you know, last thing I'll say, too, about this question is a lot of the time I in working with clients, um, couples in particular, I start off with talking about backgrounds and understanding them on an individual level and making exactly. sure the couple understands each other on an individual level. Yeah. And if there's trauma history there, I do some individual work within a couple sessions mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. that other partner can see the empathy and support I provide to their partner. And they can mirror that because they can see how effective it was for just being present for them in a certain way. Yes, for modeling. (laughs) (laughs) All right, y'all. So Earth lesson for this week is grow and evolve as a team through intentionality, love, understanding, and respect. We thrive off of belonging. Respectfully, a melanated therapist. All right, fam. Remember to follow us on Instagram at respectfullymt. Send your question and topic request to respectfullymt at gmail.com. Until next time, fam. Peace. Respectfully. 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 A melanated therapist. therapist.